Welcome to episode 84 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing really good. Uh, it's, uh, it's a good change in flow. We have some cool stuff going on. Yeah. What? I, I feel like... I feel like we're making some major moves. I will, I will definitely say that. Um, and it's weird. It's, it's like anytime you make a major move, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can kind of, if you feel the same way that I'm, I'm about to explain, you kind of make the move and then you're starting to gear up and then the pressure's there. Mm-hmm. And, and right now that's kind of what I'm feeling is it's like, okay, well now there's more pieces in place again. And so now we have to, be, you know, create efficient systems around those different pieces. Some of it's personnel and different things we're working on. So I, I'm in that like, just when you're about to take off the runway phase, you know, and it's a little bit nerve wracking. Uh, but some of that. So last week, um, John started with us, and he is now a videographer, a content creator for TA, and phenomenal guy a guy i've been working with for the past couple months to help us with videography and getting our video content up up to up to speed where we wanted where we wanted it to be and um so now it's the daunting task of figuring out you know where in my schedule can i open up three days a week to commit to creating video because now i have somebody that it doesn't matter how many videos we throw at him he's that's his focus so getting them done is is very very quick and i was blown away we did a shoot last week and on the range shot four or five different videos and he had them to me yesterday like in the morning i had all the videos edited and i was like sitting here dumbfounded because it's like that would have taken me two weeks to work through that with my crazy schedule and everything that I have going on, I would have been so bummed out because I'm like, man, I got this gold content and I can't do anything with it. So now I'm actually sitting on content and we're going to go over that today when he comes in and um, yeah. And and then on top of that, we have another gentleman, a good friend of mine that's been helping us with sales and, and we're further integrating him in the business and kind of laid out a a four phase plan to getting him full time here. So it's, it's crazy. And I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes saying that, but yeah, it's kind of a different flow. Like I feel like at this point we're building that legitimate team. We are putting those people in place that have the skills that we need so that we can go from a baby company that's now in like the toddler phase and we can kind of get into the preteen phase, you know, mature a little bit. That's such an awkward phase. Yeah. <laughs> the preteen phase is the weird one. Yeah, it's where it you want to be corporate, but you're not corporate. Yeah. Or you think you are, but then you yeah, find yeah. out later that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you definitely you know not. what? You know what's funny? Before, before you kind of go into some updates and stuff, I can, because of my experiences, and I'm sure you're the same way, I can now sniff out companies that are trying too hard to be corporate. And, and like, I don't know if you've ever noticed that. And, and some of it's behind the scenes stuff. I just know stuff about different businesses now. 
but you can always kind of pick out the companies that are trying way too hard to portray corporate. Yeah. And, uh, not saying that's a bad thing. No, like, that's, not, know, that's exactly it's just, what we did. And it's had like a, a pre-phase. You know what I mean? It's like before yeah. you hit corporate, you pretend to be corporate. And then you get to corporate and wish you weren't corporate. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, Anyway, it's, what's up with you? So it, it, it's so funny how, how often you and I are in like very similar stages and phases of all this because uh i made a decision yesterday a a final decision i made um i I think i talked about this in the last podcast i i I made an offer to a guy who's going to be our machinist and he accepted the offer nice um i have essentially hired off my job which is me me too a crazy (laughs) crazy feeling and on one hand, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about it. And like you said, um, um, you know, you know how you're still going to have your hands in it a little bit here and there just cause you enjoy it. It's going to be the same thing for me. Um, uh, cause there's only one of him and I have three machines out there and the mini mill, basically the reason why I still have it is for prototyping and screwing around with and stuff. So, um, that's, that's kind of, kind of being my machine, but, but, really my goal and hope is that, you know, I can, I can now turn all of my attention away from, you know, from going out to the machine every hour and start putting that attention on new products, on content, on going to the range. I, like trying to get to the range once a week right now is a near impossibility. Once, once I don't have to, be here to run machines i can go to the range every day if i want to um i can set aside a half a day every day to be working on new ideas uh the engineer who's coming on also has experience with fusion 360 so which is the same program i use to do 3d model and everything so i can even just model something up and send it over to him and say here make this it's just um it's super exciting because I really think um, I've been lying to myself the last two years or I've been, I've been telling myself I can run these machines and I can do these other things and I can create content and I can engineer new ideas and and all these things. And, and I kind of had to tell myself that, well, I had to, I had to admit, I had to admit to myself that I've been lying to myself and, um, and that it's time to, to make some moves and, and it is a little scary. Just, and I think it's what we talked about last time is, is yeah, we, we never know the future. Um, but if there's any time I can think of a more, uh, oh, what's the word, a, a more uneasy time about what the future holds. It's, it's right now. Uh, so on one hand, I feel like I'm taking a chance by, you know, by hiring this, but at the same time, I feel like I'm, I'm also making a really wise and really good, I don't want to say gamble, um, but 
investment into the future. Uh, because basically like the last two years we've, you know, we've come out with the century strap um, with a couple other uh, irons in the fire and products and stuff. But, but a lot of these products are things that I kind of got concept and then I handed it off. Um, it's not really been since the Neomega and the Rask. It's not been since the Rask that I've like truly completely hundred percent myself come up with something and made it. Uh, so yeah, man, I it just like, Everything you said, I completely feel like I'm in the exact same spot right now of that. Uh, you know, I think you use the airplane uh, analogy. Yeah, I, I feel like we're just, our wheels are just getting ready to lift off the ground. So in two weeks, well, less than two weeks on October 26th is going to be uh, the machinist's first day. And I, and I almost feel like it's going to be my first day of a new job. So what's your biggest fear? about him starting um he's a significant increase to our costs i mean you know adding another full-time salary it's gonna be four four full-time people so really just the biggest fear is um is if things slow down so we have had to grow and expand to keep up with demand over these throughout this year. And I've tried to keep the growing um, as minimal as possible to do what we need to do. And I feel like that's where we're at right now. I feel like we are, we're able to keep up with what, with what's going on right now. Um, and, and if things were to go, go back to pre COVID insanity, um, we would have to make some, some small changes to make up for that loss, but we'd be okay. And I feel like, I feel like this move by, by bringing him on is, um, is not so much a hire or a move to keep, to keep up, but it's a hire and it's, and it's a step forward in, the future and growth and opportunity and all those things, you know, like, yeah, I look at that as not really, you're not really filling a hole that just opened up and you need to fill the position. You're, you're actually, and I, I'm sure you've done this with your other hires as well, but this is a very focused um, strategic move where that's going to allow you now the time to continue to grow the business to where it needs to be. Um, so it, it is, yeah. and that's what I feel like with John, what we've just done um, and getting Perry on board and, and just having these people. There's been days where I felt like I'm not quite as efficient because I have a little bit more free time. And then there's days where it's way more hectic because now there's more people, but yeah, no, that's, that's cool. And I can, I can understand that fear. Yeah. It's, it's just, but yeah, like you said, I, I think past hires have been, honestly, my past, like all my past hires really have been to help fill a void for 
other employees kind of like Nate took on a lot of Dusty's responsibilities. So then Dusty can expand into a new area. Um, like our part-time people are really to help out Nate and Dusty and, um, and, and their jobs and stuff. So this is really, I feel like this is the first hire since, since I brought Dusty on to help me and open up my, you know, my capabilities and my time. And I think, I think it's, it's super exciting just because it is going to open up new possibilities. Like, you know, our, our social media and our content has been extremely stale, but I also have a bunch of content that I've not, I've not even looked at yet from California, from range days that me and Dusty took last time we were at the range, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Um, we have ORD coming up next weekend. So we're going to have content from that, that I'm going to have time to look at. So, um, I am kind of already looking forward of what this, what this means. I, I think one of my, one of my jobs is going to be, um, editing, uh, both, you know, photos and video, which I do enjoy. I don't love it, but I enjoy it. Um, that's going to be one of the things I think I'm going to be doing a lot more of. So I'm already looking ahead into once I get all of that going and I start seeing return on that, then I can hire that position, I guess, is, is kind of yeah. what, you know, I keep on creating new positions and then hiring it off. And then I move into a new position and hire it off. You know, that's, yep. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what we've, I guess that's a good way to say it. I'm trying to, trying to think and, and just see if that's exactly what we've done. But that's pretty much what we've done is essentially I get stressed out and I realize that I'm dropping the ball in a certain area. And then that's when we are like, okay, can we hire to fill that position? Typically what we end up doing here is looking at our team and saying, is there somebody here that can take control of that aspect? Obviously before we, hire to fill uh, but then ultimately if the answer to that is no there's nobody here that can take that off of my plate then we end up looking to hire and and there's a couple other people that I'm looking at to bring on board uh, just because so looking forward looking at like your fear with slowing down potentially um, what if this COVID thing stops. I'm, you know, as I'm looking forward and talking to everybody who's smarter than me, um, I'm not an economist. I'm not a professional in that aspect at all, but there's a lot of, in the business world, in the department world, in many different industries, there's a lot of money that people are sitting on and they haven't spent. And depending on how things go through spring, there could be a crazy, crazy, like this doesn't touch what could come. And so that's the other thing that I'm trying to keep my finger on the pulse of is, you know, take for example, our departments. This year, department orders have been, they've just been cut so much because they had budgets and then COVID kicked off and then they weren't allowed to spend their money. I can't tell you how many departments 
that would normally buy 24 target systems had had me quote them in spring and their budget was frozen and it's still frozen to this moment. And so I'm also looking at that aspect of there are aspects of our business that we, we grew substantially this year. However, we probably would have added another 25 to 30% if COVID would not have kicked off in the department sector. Now, if COVID wouldn't have kicked off, maybe we wouldn't have had the retail sales. Maybe we wouldn't have had the website. It may have been a wash. But that's the other thing that I'm thinking as we're looking at our strategic hires is there are entities that we have key personnel on our team that are marketing to. And we are making an impact in that world. When that all breaks loose, if we keep the retail sales up, we're going to have a humongous um, need to hire again. And I'm thinking like February, March. And the next position that uh, we've been really, really talking about, well, two positions is uh, shipping, getting somebody else into the shipping department um, so that Mark can train them and have them geared up. And then also a full-time photographer, graphic designer. And that'll be, I think that photo position will be later in 2021. But during COVID, I got a really strong taste of what ramping up content can do for your sales. If you target it properly. Um, And I feel like we didn't even, we didn't even do half of what John and I can do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, I see the fear and I understand, and you and I are always going back and forth on this, trying to make the best decisions we can, obviously not knowing the future, but there's, there's like, most of me feels like this is the year that if you're going to start those strategic hires at any time, like this is it. And I think you're on obviously you're on that page too, because <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, I think Dusty had said this. And I, I thought it was a good point. Is like, if we, if we didn't hire our machinists, then in six months when things, well, I'm just going to say when things slow down, um, when, if things slow down, we're going to be like, man, it's a good thing that we didn't hire him because, you know, things have slowed down and this is assuming that we've not come out with any new products because I don't have time to come out with new products because I'm still a machinist. Um, but if we hire him in six months, we're going to be like, man, it's a good thing we hired him because now we have another product, maybe two. So we have more sales and you know, the company's grown. So it's, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that, if we continue to invest wisely, but if we continue to invest that we're going to get return. And if we don't invest, we're not going to get return. So we're going to be, I think we're going to be okay in either direction. The question just comes down to what do I want out of, out of this business? Do I want to keep growing? Do I want to keep adding products or not? And there's not really a wrong answer. If your goal is, you know, if my goal was to, be the size company that we are right now and have the products that we have right now and just, and just continue to kind of tweak our current products, then I just made a horrible decision. <laughs> but 
if my goal is to continue to grow and add add to the team and add to the add to our products, then then I made the right decision. So, um, no, yeah. I think I think just like every time that you've purchased a piece of equipment, you've realized that it is now offered you more capability and that capability allows you to do other things that you weren't currently doing. Yeah. And that is such a huge, huge thing. And I think that, and from my experience, every position that we've hired has been the exact same as buying, you know, that really good piece of equipment that allows you other capabilities. Every person you add to the team, um, assuming it's a good hire, they fit culturally, all that good stuff is another opportunity to expand what the business can do. And on that note, something else that's really exciting is we did actually just lock down our floor plan on the, uh, the current shop. Our new table is coming in, um, should be December. By, so by end of December, our big table with two cutting heads is going to be in place. And we decided to go after a CNC press break. So now we will actually be able to form lots of complex little pieces, um, all controlled with, you know, 3d CAD. I forget the name of the program that comes with the break, but it's, it's pretty wild. It's uh, for example, right now we outsource bending the laser cut angles. There's a company that does that for us because I mean, we have press breaks, but they're just not, they're not very efficient. Um, now we'll be able to, you know, we, we do whatever, uh, 500 to a thousand left angles and 500 to a thousand right angles at a time. So now we'll be able to do that in house. We'll cut it on our table. We'll bend it ourselves. Um, so it, it, it's the same exact thing as what you're describing. Um, and I am beyond excited to have that press break because I can also make really cool Jeep bumpers. <laughs> Sweet. And I will, I will be making some I've got fun some things. I've got some things I need for my Jeep. So, well, that's, you know, uh, that's a totally random topic. And since we talked about it, I'll just give that 30 seconds. I don't know if you've seen that Jeep page that I've been posting on lately. I don't know if I follow it to be honest. It's, it's at almost 6,000 followers now already. Um, I have more engagement on that page than any other page that I touch. And people are asking, they're literally begging me every week to give them the bumpers that I made. They want the bumpers yeah. <laughs> on my Jeep. And it's like, you know, it. Th that's where my businessman side comes in. And I'm like, well, I can make bumpers. We've done, you know, we've done targets. We can do bumpers. And, and so it's like, I don't know where you draw the line, but, there's uh I'll just put it this way. There's a lot of plans that I have coming, yeah. um, expanding into other things. And I, I don't know. I always made the joke every time Kirby would ask me, where do you see yourself when you're 50? You know, I always made the joke. I'm going to be owning a dozen businesses <laughs> <laughs> and that's partially true because there's a, you know, anytime you get into property investments and other things like that, there's a lot of people that set up corporations to handle the different assets. Um, so that's one aspect why I joke about that. But the other thing is 
with what we've learned from TA targets, starting another business, I already kind of know the framework. And if you already have the money up front to invest in it right away and you know, it's a solid product, we could, I mean, uh, I'll ask you the question then. If somebody asked me, do you think knowing what you know now, could you have grown TA targets faster? I would answer yes. All day, every day. I, I would know moves that worked and, and things that don't, there's certain things that you can't speed up. Right. But there's certain decisions that we made that were 10, 20, $30,000 that we could have just not made, kept that money and, and reinvested that in cameras and people and whatever. So I don't know. You think you could grow the Neomag faster knowing what you know now? Um, probably. Um, and I feel like we've, we talked about this before that I'm glad things have happened the way they have. So I don't, I, yeah, I, pr- I probably could grow it faster, but what I want to, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. Um, yeah. I don't think for the TA part, I don't think I would want to grow it faster than yeah. what we've, because we know we've learned so much. I'm right. kind of looking at it as if you had a business that you knew would be a rocket ship, but it has to be separate from Neomag. That's kind of where I'm going with that is you think you could scale up business number two a little quicker? Um, yeah. And I said, yeah, for sure. Just, or at the very least, I think um, it wouldn't be such a stressful journey. Like I wouldn't, I would just, I would know, okay, this is going to take time. You know, it, it takes time to make relationships. It takes time for those relationships to um, to move into opportunity. And it takes, yeah, it just, it takes time for opportunity to come up. It's not something you can just snap your fingers and create opportunity in sales. Uh, so I think it would be, yeah, I, I think I could probably grow it a little bit faster, but I think it would also just be, I would know the formula I would know what chances and opportunities to look for and to create. So I think that's what would probably help it grow a little quicker because I wouldn't be so much guesswork you know, since I've done it before. Yeah. I look back at just all the ways that we've invested in the things that didn't work. And sometimes it makes me depressed <laughs> just thinking of, you know, when you start out, you're like, Oh, we just got to try this. We got to just try this. We got to try this. And then, you know, you have no info to back it. So that's what I'm looking at. So as I'm thinking of other things in the future, that's kind of what, you know, obviously my focus and and we have some other products coming that I think are going to be a big impact to the firearms community. But I'm also keeping my mind open to other things just because there's needs all over, but I am excited though about what Ethan and I are working on. And I, I can't really talk about it too much. <clears throat> I, I could with you off the radar, but um, it should help the shooting community a lot. Uh, and it is a product in line with what we do, what we're known for. So we're at the very baby phases of that, but having that press break is a huge deal and I, I didn't even think about it but there's probably a lot of people that have no idea what a press break is 
essentially it takes flat pieces of metal and it pushes down. This is a 250 ton press brake. So it has uh, essentially a punch and a die and it, it can allow you to bend flat pieces of metal into angles and different shapes and things like that. So we started doing that a lot on our products because welding takes a ton of time and it requires jigs and setup and all that stuff. So when you start bending pieces together, you're essentially making a structural piece without having to weld. And that tends to be way more efficient. So that's, that's why our angles were done the way they were. That's why our vital zone target has a bracket that's bent. We transitioned the Phoenix plate rack, which by the way is kind of, uh, me and Dusty kind of influenced that, didn't we? Yeah, you, you did a little bit. I've kind of got a little bit of a. Pretty sure that was my idea. Uh, oh. I can't ever. I'd never admit to that. Oh, I feel like I should have my name on that, on the back of those targets. Maybe. Tell you what, you you send me a sticker that says. I'm gonna make a sticker. Partially created by the Neomag, and I will stick it on the back of it. I'm gonna make stickers with a little arrow pointing to the bracket that says Greg's idea. <laughs> Hey, to be fair, you guys questioned the weld on the back, which we were questioning ourselves. We were just trying to come up with I remember standing there saying better. Why don't you bend this instead of weld this together? I remember those words coming out of my mouth. What that did is start a six month journey of <laughs> R and D. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And you're all the better for it. And it was a pain in the butt. Now I made you now I essentially made you buy a break yeah you made us buy a hundred and fifty thousand dollar piece of equipment thanks you're, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> yeah when I, every time i'm bending up a new jeep bumper for myself or a tire carrier or a roof rack or something i'll just i'll look over into your direction just mumble thank you <laughs> thank you for this i'm gonna make a little make a little like you know the atf head guy with the with the hat and it's like his nose nose and up is visible i'm going to take a picture like that with my face and <laughs> i'm going to send it over so you can you can put that on the on the brake somewhere oh man every time it comes down it lowers the punch <laughs> you like reveal from behind it whatever I piece love of it. metal's there you're peeking out well and, and that reminds me you know one of the things that i i'm going to be able to do and make a point to do since i'm gonna have the time is to be able to like it, it, even if it's during the day, I don't care. It would be a super long day, but um, I can come out and and shoot video with you guys and shoot with you guys and just I'm so excited for the time that I'm going to have and the options that this opens up. And and one of the things is I I definitely want to plan on on uh on f making time to go and shoot with people and create art with people. Wow, that was super cool how you said that. I like that. Yeah, you'd be gonna, a creative. I'm, I'm going to art with you. I would love to art. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's kind of a shame that uh, there's no ammo, but, uh, you know, I, I heard through the grapevine that Greg has ammo coming, so. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. There's uh, a trade for, trade for content. All out, no ammo. It's gonna Actually, be all. It's gonna be all airsoft content. Yeah, you know, honestly, I thought about buying an airsoft gun. I got one. That's fun. You know, I I did just get. So for everybody that's listening, you're not gonna be able to see this, but I'm showing Greg a, a round right now. Ooh. So that 
what I'm holding up in front of the webcam is five, four, five by 39. <laughs> I have a very special weapon coming today or tomorrow. I think I've seen oh, some it, other, uh, uh, is that the one I've, I've seen some other content creators? Well, yeah, it's, so it, it's really funny. So it's really hard to find guns that are chambered in this. They're all AKs and things like that. So getting your, your hands on a crank or something else, it's going to be a little difficult. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cautious about talking about this caliber because it gives me a little bit of security <laughs> knowing that I can get ammo. But uh, yeah, the T-Rex arms guys have been running five four five by thirty nine the uh and john and genevieve i'll do a video with that i'm i'm yeah. sure but yeah. the uh but yeah the other exciting news is we are now on 07 ffl that did come through yeah i gotta call and find out how long did it take for them to contact you after you mail it off the did you forms? did you apply for one yeah I, I mailed it off probably a month ago yeah it'll take it'll take a month month and a half i don't know in ohio I, like it's a federal license so theoretically it should be the same across the board but depending on what your atf is like out in ohio i'm i'm not sure but for us we had it in less than 60 days we well that's it. what yeah the atf website says 60 days is <clears throat> is the average and i'm like well i'm so once you get your interview through that and yeah, it, no, you'll soon any, any day you'll get an email from them. Um, if there was an issue on the application, like you missed something, mm -hmm. then it might've kind of put the brakes on it and they're, they're getting that all together. Um, after our interview, it was a week and we yeah, had it. So that's then what we, I heard. we just mailed our, our SOT out so that we can play with select fire stuff and get suppressors indirect. And then we decided that we're going to go 08 FFL and type 10. So this is going to get weird. Get yeah, weird I, I keep thinking of it. Dusty really wants me to do the SOT. How much did the SOT cost you guys? Uh, it was, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. It was like 500, I, I keep hearing 500. Oh, it's, oh, okay. So I if, keep hearing different things. If you do more than 500,000 in sales, for your business, period. Right. It's a thousand a year yeah. for the SOT. So uh, that's right. We wrote a thousand dollar check, sent it out. Um, we had to get our state firearms license. That was a fifty-seven dollar check. So the 08 FFL is a licensed importer of ammunition and ammunition components. A type 10 FFL is destructive devices. So that would include like explosives and we could run the 40 millimeter with high explosive rounds and, and do all of the really fun stuff I've always wanted to do. But that is a thousand bucks a year too. Yeah. So you're, you're talking to you get fully licensed up to have your SOT play with machine guns, play with destructive devices. We're talking like three grand a year. Yeah. Which you're going to pay, which it, if, I mean, we're going to try it. And if it makes sense, every year we'll just renew it. It's not that big of a deal. Well, and that's like, I've got a couple suppressors in jail right now. I'm waiting to waiting to purchase my freedom with. And yeah, um, if you had your SOT, you'd fill out your uh, non-taxable transfer, and you'd have them today. Right. And I've got <laughs> I've got two suppressor companies that want to work with us and have said we'll send you whatever you you want. There's another. There's another company that said that they have full auto and 
they have cans that, that they would send us. I mean, not to keep, but, but we could play with and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm just, you know, the question comes down to, is that something that we can make money off of? Does it, you know, would that content turn into sales is kind of what it comes down to me. And, you know, a thousand dollars isn't, isn't that big of a deal. No. Um, and, you know, just throwing you a little bit of a behind the scenes of why I think it's important for gun industry companies to have the SOT. There's no better time in my opinion with how pivotal our nation is and where we're at as people, like it feels like we're losing battles left and right with gun rights. But if you look historically on how far we've come, there's a lot of good, good ground that we've gained in firearms rights. And a lot of that comes from culture. And so for me, I feel like as a business owner in this industry, I am, I have a responsibility to do my part to change the culture. And that's not necessarily being overtly political with the company or anything that to me is just simply using the items that are very hard to acquire that have special permission slips attached to them to feature them regular in content. So people want to buy them so that we have more cans on the market. So we have more people with SBRs so that they become commonplace. And I think that that is very, very possible to do that. Um, and no, most companies that are SOTs, all they're doing is like standing on the line and mag dumping, right? You know, they're, they're not <laughs> using that SOT to teach people about, the firearms and why can't we own machine guns? Why, when did that happen? Because people don't realize for the majority of the existence of our nation, you could have owned whatever you wanted, period. Mm -hmm. Explosives, cannons, artillery, like you could own whatever you wanted until the early 1900s. And so it, I feel, and I'm not saying you should feel, but where I'm coming from is three thousand dollars a year is nothing and as a business that's i've i've spent more i've gambled money not gambled i've invested in and not returned because i don't gamble but um i've tried different things that cost three times that four times that five times that and because we kind of know what works now with our business for me to spend three thousand a year to be able to educate I think is worth it. But, but again, like you said, after the first year, we're going to look at what we did with it. And I'm not necessarily looking for sales out of it other than I, I think it should gain traction in our content. Mm -hmm. But if it, if it feels like, and it's obvious that we are becoming part of the culture shift around firearms, I'm going to pay for it indefinitely. I'll just keep going with it. Um, for side perks too. You know, like you were saying, you get, you have your SOT and your cans are in jail. Well, now you can ship them to your FFL, which is you, right? You can use them whenever you want. Yeah. And if, if you want to pay the tax stamp so you can personally log them out of the book, you can still use it while you're waiting for your tax stamp. Right. Well, that, I'll be honest. That's the number one reason why I want it. It's right. So I can not have to wait a year to use. Oh, we'll have, um, you know, use a muffler. We'll have 15 cans in here. I guarantee it within yeah. the first year 
because people I know suppressor companies want to work with people and they can't because nobody wants to pay 200 bucks and wait a year. Well, yeah, it's a waiting thing. Like it, you know, we, we did trade products with a suppressor company. They have our products and they've been, they've been using them and we have to wait a year in order to start making content with the, uh, with what, what they sent us. Right. (laughs) That's so. It's, uh, it's like a, that's what that's what burns people up. Is it's yeah. not even the two hundred bucks because people can write two hundred bucks off. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, whatever, cost to play. I don't agree with it. I think it's unconstitutional. But people, I have never heard someone say the two hundred dollars. Well, I should say this. I hear ten times the amount of people saying, "I don't want to wait a year. I don't want to spend a grand and then wait a year." Versus. I don't like spending $200. Yeah. You know, it, but anyway, I, I digress. I'm off my high horse now, but I, if you're listening and you're a firearm company, just, just keep that in mind. If you get to the point where you're profitable and you, you can justify it and you're making content and you want to be part of a culture shift. I think one of the best ways we can do that is to have our SRT and show people the different items, demo them, and not just standing on a line and dumping mags because that's that's fun one time, that's fun two times, but it's not practical. Right. And I want to show people how these select fire guns can be practical. Um, Even more so is, I mean, I go back and forth on 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 full auto, but um, I mean suppressors are just like as soon as you take somebody to the range and you hand them a gun with a suppressor on it, they're like why can't I put this on all my guns? This is like, why do I have to wait a year to make my gun not so loud? Well, and, just, and the SBR, the SBR game is yeah. stupid. Yeah. You, you hand somebody an SBR that, you know, I have a registered SBR and I hand them that and they're like, Oh, how do I do this? I'm like, well, you pay $200 tax. You do all this fancy crap and you wait a year. And then I hand them a 10.3 inch pistol. You know, I'm doing the little quote fingers here. Right hand them a little pistol I'm like but you could buy this today and they're like but it's the same thing and you say but like, wait if you put oh, wait <laughs> you put a little forward grip on it now it's illegal <sighs> it's, it's it's so ludicrous and that's why to me whether you agree with citizens owning full auto or not the entire nfa i think needs to be burned it yeah. needs to just be destroyed and you're much more likely to get the suppressors, much more likely to get the SBRs. But if we're chopping that thing down at the knees, just kick it off at the ankles. And, you know, it, it just, it's so frustrating. But anyway, that's just, that's my opinion. I don't expect everybody to share that. Um, I don't even expect you to share that, Greg. I don't, Jared. I disagree with you Good. on that thing. Wait, it's not coming. So Greg's having a technical no, difficulty over here. Which, He's trying by the way, to do ice break. Speaking of of technical difficulties, it took forty five minutes for us to get this podcast going this morning because my yeah, and yeah, your internet is my internet. Is, oh come on! So you know what's funny though is we just got fiber optic internet at our shop. Did it's you? like it's like I forget what it is. It's fast. It's really fast. It's like 250 megabytes down and up per second. It's ridiculous. 
So uh, you guys always tune into Forge of the Journey for our ah, high quality go. tech. There we go. Oh, <laughs> all right. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kick <laughs> just it. Just <laughs> All right, let's get this. But, um, let's get this thing going. So we can get this thing break. over with. All right, yeah, I've got. I've, I've, so I've got a really got a really good question for you. If you were forced into a gladiator combat, but could only choose a weapon that isn't typically considered a weapon, what non-conventional weapon would you choose? So it can't be a weapon. It's not a conventional weapon. It's got to be something. I'm thinking. Yeah. See, that's that requires a lot of thought. So okay, so I'm in. Are we going like? Full out gladiator. We we are in like the Coliseum. We're yep. about to duke it out in front of thousands of people. Yep. You're wearing far less than I should be. Far less than you should be. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously if you're getting in a fight, you want to wear as little as possible. Um I think that can I have two weapons? Nope, one. All right, I'm going to get some mini oxyacetylene bottles and I'm strapping them to my back and I'm going to torch that guy because I know how far you can get those things to shoot. Really? If I'm within two feet, I am cutting his arms off. I am serious. <laughs> I will I will burn his face off, gouge him because then I can use the bottles as a weapon. I can, um, yeah, I, I could burn. I could burn him. I could light the earth on fire. I could light his loincloth and then the embarrassment will freeze him. This is where that's I, my, that's my gut first instinct. Okay. Because I have access to that right now. Yeah. And that's like, this is where I wish I watched more, uh, like scary movies. Cause I feel like that's, that's what they specialize in is like somebody grabs a, uh, I don't know, something in the garage and, and see the only downside to what i what i said is what if the person i'm going against has a distance weapon of some sort like uh they, they removed two lawnmower blades and they're throwing them at me well and that's what i'm trying to figure out because like i don't want something i that i have to swing because you just open yourself up right when, when you swing it um so i'm trying to think like i'm i'm i'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think about something that I could like fashion quickly that would be yeah, would be devastating. This is a hard question. I wish I would have uh, maybe prepped for this before I asked the question. Maybe we need to follow it up next week with a we've spent the week thinking about this and done nothing else. So this is our answer. What are you doing over there that's so loud? I'm not doing anything that's loud. Um all right, I'm going to think of something real quick. I'm going to do uh, a slingshot is a pretty conventional weapon, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's a weapon. Slingshot. I was going to say, like, you can't... If you can't have a weapon, I would consider a slingshot a weapon. Um, but that would be awesome. Little marbles. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily deadly right away, but it would be really annoying. <laughs> so... I am going to go with, I'm just going to, I always said I didn't want something to swing, but 
I'm just going to go baseball bet. Really? I mean, yeah. It'd be devastating. Do you really think you'd get close enough to swing at me with an oxyacetylene torch? Yeah. Really? Yeah. As soon as I hit that thing out of your hands, you're done. You wouldn't, though. Then I would I would pin you down. I would hit the, See, the knob uh, off the tank. And I'd, and then as I'm walking away, I'd flick my cigarette. And I smoke. I'd flick my cigarette back. <laughs> yeah. As, as I'm walking away, there'd be a big explosion right behind me. It'd be epic. I'm trying to think if there's something better. I'm sure there's something better. I think people listening to this podcast should tell us what gladiator weapon they would fashion out of a non-weapon. And uh, it'd be interesting to hear what people think because I'm not that creative. I mean, I I like the torch idea because I didn't tell you how big the torch is. Well, I didn't tell you that we're in a massive rainstorm. It'll still light. It won't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It'll still it's, burn. It's not gonna not gonna burn me as bad because because you're all wet. <laughs> all wet. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I don't want to get into a gladiator battle. How's that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Remember, actually, can I have a dog as my weapon? You know what? That would be phenomenal. Have a yeah. well-trained dog. My dog. I'll just. That. You know what? I have a dog in a lawn chair. You know what? I changed my mind. My Jeep. Your Jeep? That's my weapon. Good luck with your bat. (laughs) (laughs) And your dog. Good luck. Pretty sure sure I've seen Chuck Norris take out a whole truck worth of people. Are you Chuck Norris? With his fist, basically. In this scenario, I am. I'm a gladiator, so. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so we're going to have to get this gladiator fight underway. all right there you have it doesn't get better it's been like a month since we've done that does not get better well that's because you brought the heavyweight podcast last time i'm pretty sure yeah we skipped a week and then well no it wasn't necessarily heavy well it was kind of heavy but it was a short it's a short one we didn't have enough time to to get into it so all right bud well we should wrap this up and get to work yep guys you know where to find us on our socials i'm at the neomag i am ta targets you should definitely message that account you should and let us know what gladiator weapon you choose yeah and more than anything go and share the podcast with someone that you love or hate i don't really care but let them know about the podcast and how fulfilling that it is in your life to listen to. And it's okay to lie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually not. You shouldn't do that. Especially if it's your enemy. But you want them to listen to us. Cool. There's your homework for the weekend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Share the podcast with your enemies. Yes. All right, bud. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. All right. See you.